0: Hello, and welcome to the McCaw Family Podcast. I'm Stephanie, here today again, because this is take two. Um, We recorded, it was over an hour, I think, and uh, you heard Katie talking, did not hear me. (laughs) So as you know, uh, my special guest today is Katie. Hello, again. Again. (laughs) And she is here to talk um, all true crime, Portsmouth style. So you picked this case. so I did. It's more of a collaboration um, between us, because you know facts as well as I do.
1: Phew, I have a weird obsession with old Portsmouth and facts and useless knowledge that just lives free in my head.
0: <laughs> Before we get started, I want to cite my sources for this, uh, Foster's Daily Democrat, Monsters, RegimentOfWomen.com Murderpedia.com com, .com, And the book Hanging Ruth Blay By Caroline Marvin I also reached out to the group Called Friends of Ruth Blay And they were helpful in Finding research and they even Offered to give me a tour Of the places from the book And stuff
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But her name was Lauren Brown Laura Brown Uh, She asked for the name of the podcast I gave it to her so hopefully they listen and they like it Because they're doing really, like, good jobs of keeping her story going. Making sure people understand what's going on with the past of Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, pretty crazy, the parallels between this story and the real world right now.
1: (laughs) I know, you'd think we'd move forward instead of backwards.
0: Yeah, I really feel backwards. Especially uh, the votes that have been going on lately that... uh, One of them, 150 people voted against uh, same-sex marriage. Because they voted to see how it would go or something. I don't know how it works, but they voted that they'd say no. If it came up, they'd vote against it. (sighs)
1: Uh, One step forward, four steps back.
0: Yeah. Uh, Also, I want to talk about the Portsmouth Anthonyum. They house artifacts from portsmouth pass actually the axe from this money nose murders case which i covered a while ago is there too so everybody open go to check the it public. out yeah it's you open said to the it,
1: public it doesn't look it but
0: it's it above is. or by the um the irish shop
1: yeah uh, ireland on the square it's right there it's the building that has like the two i'm um, hand gesturing um, <laughs> upside down cannons in front uh, where they put the Christmas tree every year down the oh, market okay. square I know yeah I think it's your like burner... directly across from the church
0: yes I know exactly what you're talking about your brother Which got is... me a ring there
1: yeah and in between it would be where the old uh, assembly house is I believe that part of the story took place yeah the courthouse or whatever it's called yeah I just don't Get, know the between yeah, the courthouse right... and assembly house
0: uh, right in front of the church
1: Yeah, so right What would be in the middle of the street now
0: Yeah, yeah. they sh- show a picture of it, I think
1: Yeah, this is,
0: oh, yeah, this is There PM, PM. it is It's crazy how they're like Let's tear yeah. down these old, old buildings Well, there was a big fire in Portsmouth, wasn't there?
1: There was. This
0: wasn't affected
1: in the big fire. Um, a lot of these buildings came down in probably about the 50s. Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't remember if it was the 50s or 60s, but there was the Vaughn Street Urban Renewal Project, where they took yeah. a bunch of old stuff up, down, put up new buildings. And now those buildings that were new are now old, so they're yeah. taking those down. And um, condos and hotels, condos and hotels.
0: Ugh. I saw a th- thing about how much it would be for one of the condos and it's like one point something million i
1: know
0: to live in downtown it's
1: insane.
0: growing up here it's like we forget of all the history that's here and the reason is because they keep tearing it down <laughs> yep. and and all the people from other cities move in and want you know they complain about the stupidest shit are you on the portsmouth face group like facebook group I am yes. <laughs> I saw a lady complain 7/11. about a guy uh, leaf blowing at you know nine o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god! Oh my god! So, but then they the...
1: complain if they slipped on the leaves.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I joke
1: that I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in the Biscataqua and then get mad at the city because I got wet,
0: <laughs> which is a hundred percent true. <laughs> right? It's just. It's just. I don't know how anything moves forward these days because everybody complains about everything.
1: I know. I still love it, though. It's still, I do. It's still home,
0: but it it's is. not.
1: Um, it will always have a very important part in my heart, no matter how much they change it, because there is so much history and there, so many good stories. I'm glad they keep Strawberry
0: Bank the way it is. Yeah. But, I mean, go on a Saturday during the day and you regret going there. <laughs> Especially right now. Actually, I'll probably be there tomorrow. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, uh, they checking out the
1: plays in the park again. We have the membership. And well, I
0: heard um, one of them that was hap- supposed to happen last night got shut uh, closed. Oh, due to yeah. COVID. Yeah, Footloose is currently
1: on hiatus, um, but the camp is still going on and the music's oh, still going on because they kept the staff separate, which was super smart.
0: Well, right.
1: Um, but Cora, being an alumnus of Camp Encore, likes to go and watch her friends. So.
0: You will be you down there this weekend watching that COVID's still going on I really, I, I do <laughs> I know so, one of the places in Portsmouth with a ton of history is South Cemetery and a fun fact about South Cemetery is that the ac- cemetery actually consists of four cemeteries Cotton's Burying Ground, Proprietor's Burying Ground, Harmony Grove, and Sagamore Cemetery the land started as a pasture owned by goodman william cotton in 1721 william cotton fenced off an area for his family and himself and this became known as cotton's burying ground what is goodman do you know what that means because it's like good wife and good man it's like
1: yeah it's like a puritan thing i think yeah and every time you say cotton my head automatically goes to the witch trials Uh, yes cotton
0: mather exactly mine does The surrounding area was used as a military training ground for Captain John Pickering and his Puritan soldiers. In 1735, Reverend Shirtleaf, let's just call him that, (laughs) used the field as pasture land for his livestock. Uh, After Shirtleaf did that, every reverend from South Parish after that did the same thing, and the area became known as Minister's Field. Around 1830, the Burying Grounds became a private cemetery. It was named the Proprietors Burying Ground because it was the first cemetery in Portsmouth that was not public. Cottons and Proprietors Burying Grounds occupy the northern section of South Cemetery. South of them is Harmony Grove Cemetery, added in 1847, and the Sagamore Cemetery that was added in 1871. That's fun, <laughs>
1: yeah, those are so really, really old
0: whole website just for the cemetery,
1: which I actually did
0: not know that was four different ones until like my adult life i I had no idea, I just thought it was just one huge cemetery. we were yeah, going there in I high school, and somebody told me there was like a hermit that lived in the woods over there,
1: oh. <laughs> I used to play flashlight tag there as a child when it was not considered a crime. Well, it might you, have been a crime to play in the cemetery at night.
0: Yeah, at night, you're not supposed to be there after dusk or something like that. Yeah,
1: and then I'd always hear the story about seeing two lights near the pond and never thought anything of it, just like a normal urban tale. And then I come come to find out I it's intertwined with Ruth, Ruth Bly. Like Yeah, this case. That's supposedly the... Uh,
0: her ghost so her I, see her be- I saw her before i knew her <laughs> i know because they they don't know for sure where she's buried but they have an idea yeah i wonder like how many three... people are around there that were hung and nobody knows where they. you know
1: yeah because it was kind of like the non like sanctioned un- unmarked
0: grave yeah poppers kind of graves or, or whatever they call yeah, like them a- group grave but she didn't get a marker because I'm surprised her family didn't get her because even the witches in the witch trials got to be buried eventually. Yeah, that is true. Maybe they just Next keep step. better records Let's in Salem. get her a marker. <laughs> yeah, right? That should be it. Yeah. We should figure it out. So, um bef- we are going back in time for this case as you can figure out with the talk about the cemetery olden times, so far back the Declaration of Independence wasn't even signed yet in cases like this, when you're traveling so far back, it's hard to get the straight facts about the case or the people involved like the woman we were talking about today Ruth play, sometimes things get lost in the past So this is all gathered information by paperwork, basically so I'm gonna get right into it, you ready? Yes. Yeah. Lydia and William Blay were married... Is it Blay or Bly? I don't know. I think it's like either Blay... B-L-A-Y. I mean, it sounds like it would be Blay, right? Blay. I think it's Blay. Yeah. We're married in... Yeah. Well, we're going to call it that. <laughs> I'm, not,
1: I'm not a good one for pronunciation. I'm <laughs> more...
0: I will... Um, Was it Phanonic? I can't even say it. Where you yeah. sound it out. Yeah, so how it looks is how i say it. Uh, Lydia and William were married in 1724. William was a shoemaker, and by all accounts, Lydia was a tailor or a seamstress. Lydia came from a wealthy family, so when she married William, who was not in the same class as her, it did come as a surprise to her family. Due to the fact that Lydia was from a wealthy family, she was literate. Something we think of normal now, knowing how to read and write, wasn't so much back then, especially not with women. Lydia's parents were among the earlier settlers of Newbury, Amesbury, and Salisbury, Massachusetts. William and Lydia established a homestead in Rocks Village in Eastern Haverhill. They had seven daughters. Two of their daughters died when they were young due to diphtheria, which uh, there was an epidemic and actually had taken a lot of people. So, not so far off from the reality we live in right now. (laughs) Ruth was the seventh and youngest of the Blay family. Ruth was born June tenth, seventeen thirty-seven. She was named after one of her siblings who had passed away as a baby. So I guess they just named. If somebody dies before you're born, oh, that's a good name. (laughs)
1: Still
0: seems weird. (laughs) I mean, I guess they didn't have like the names we have now, where they, you know, I mean, the long list of names you can choose from.
1: That
0: is true. I don't think that you could find somebody with name Stephanie back then.
1: <laughs> or, or even Katie. Yeah, or Katie. Can't uh, even find it now.
0: I think it'd be weird to be named after your sibling who died. Yeah, that is. It's a
1: little
0: <laughs> like my a little weird. but niece is named after her dad who passed away, but it's spelt backwards. So it, his name was Elijah and her name is Hazel. So it's Elijah backwards. So it's unique.
1: It is unique. And, and she's named after, like, an elder.
0: That yeah. weird. Not...
1: Like, as opposed to, like...
0: Not your sister uh, baby, who died a year yeah, before.
1: baby one didn't
0: work. Let's... Yes. Know. It reminds me of, like, what is it? The Omen? Damien or whatever. That, oh, that baby that dies and they keep... They try to bring it back and it comes back evil or something. I don't know. I don't like horror movies. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> um, here we are. Um, the sisters who died before Ruth was obviously Ruth, the first and Iallis, who they both died in 1735 Ruth did have another sister who died in 1747 at the age of 21 named Lydia, like her mother and they believe she ended up dying of diphtheria as well William Blay died in 1742 so back in these times when the husband died usually the mother would go and live with one of her children and their family along with any unwed children Lydia actually didn't do this right away she was able to keep the homestead going because she's a seamstress so she was able to pay for the bills and whatnot. what what bills is my question well food and taxes yeah stuff like that firewood maybe yeah Eat coal, coal, yeah, whatever to keep the house warm in those winters. Because I think no, it snows earlier. There was a mini ice age in like during the Salem witch trials. Nice. There was a that it got really, really cold out. I guess back in those days, and you had to pay for your own firewood.
1: Yeah, because there weren't cold. enough
0: trees or anything.
1: <laughs> I feel like a lot of households back then, even if they were like moderately. They had like some type of help, like yeah, um, neighbors, like a gardener, but like
0: yeah, people, staff, yes, servants, helpers. She was able to keep this going for nine years after William died, which is unheard of back then. And it showed the strength. Independent woman, a very independent to have seven daughters. Well, five. In 1752, Lydia sold the homestead. And between the years of 1752 and 1767, it is kind of a lost year for Ruth, Ruth's life. The most likely scenario is that her mom and her moved in with her sister Mary. Her sister Mary had been married to Nathaniel Blaisdell, and it is believed that Ruth and Lydia moved in with them. They didn't keep the great, greatest records, and if you didn't have a job, to get paid sell or buy property or get married or die they weren't sure what you were up to 1767 ruth blay appears back on paper as a teacher and that isn't all that happened to ruth in the fall of 1767 before we get into all that we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back So, you know about all this, so I don't have to chat with you about it, <laughs> the case so far. Because <laughs> we've already done this. <laughs> yeah, so de- oh, vu. Right. During the fall of 1767, Ruth was 31 years old and had become a teacher. Don't forget that Lydia was literate and able to teach all her children to read and write. At some point in the fall of that year, Ruth became pregnant. And actually, this wasn't uncommon, with the Puritans, as you like to think, or as they would like us to think, because during this time, about thirty to forty percent of women who got married were already pregnant. Like you think about back then, that's not something you think about. But um, Caroline did a interview, and she talked about people lived so far away that when they were courting, they actually stayed with each other. Yeah, and they would move in and live.
1: And then there was like that Puritan thing, which. I don't know the exact term. I want to say it's bundling, where they literally th- sew yeah. you in the bed with your like the guy and the girl. They sew them into the bed together. I don't know That's what so they weird. didn't think would happen. But.
0: I know. <laughs> it's like chastity belt, but I don't know. It's weird. Those but if they were living together, different. they were going to get pregnant. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's good. They're, they're teenagers human. at this point. I'm well, sure. Well, she's 31. Well, she's 31, but like back then when there were people were courting and stuff. Yeah. 17? Was that, like, the common age to get married? I feel like that was the, the age to be married, off. Did you know uh, some states in our lovely America here don't have age of consent to marry?
1: Oh, New Hampshire actually just recently passed it, and it was Did a, they? It was a Girl Scout that fought for the law to change. I think the marrying Good. age was only 13.
0: Jesus goddamn Christ. Like, and,
1: um... I don't know her real name off the top of my head. Her camp name was Peanut. Um, because she <laughs> she was one of the older girls when Corp started going to Girl Scout camp, but she's a gold star winner and she changed changed the law and I, I think So she's like
0: an activist and yes. stuff. And I mean she did that all as a teenager. In Maine it's eighteen unless parental consent, but it's not under sixteen. But if you go south it's like thirteen. Like you said
1: Yeah I think a lot of the 16 Had to do um, Which doesn't seem as I mean it seems bad Uh, But not as bad if your boyfriend is 2 years older than you And he's going off to war in like World War 2 I can see permission then Maybe Yeah, People might have been Uh, maybe more mature I don't know
0: uh, It feels like the ladies Back in the day of our grandmas Were a little more Mature I mean, my grandmother had the same thing. It's like my grandfather and her got married young, but they had six kids and they were together till they both, well, till he passed away. Yeah. When he was 80 something. So it's just the age difference back then is so different than the age differences now. Like if you think of a 17 year old and a 21 year old, you're like, "Mm, no, yeah, that's weird. My sister's 21. I'm like, would you date a 17-year-old? She's like, that's disgusting. (laughs) This case I'm researching for next week is... uh, Have you heard of the Jasmine Richardson case? No, I don't. Is it from Canada? I don't think so. She was 12 and she killed... Spoiler alert, everyone. (laughs) She killed her parents and her little brother Mm -hmm. with her 23-year-old boyfriend.
1: See, that's wrong. He's
0: a pedophile. It's gross. But yeah. yeah, the more I get into... He thought he was... He told her he was a 300-year-old werewolf. Google it when we get off oh, well. of this. and you'll, I, Oh, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. we're back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between these young women and Ruth was that um, the father was willing to be there. In Ruth's case, to this day, we have no idea who the father is. There's a good reason for that. In Ruth's eyes, anyways, one of the men could have that could have possibly been on the Father, was Reverend John Page. And I think it's this guy, and there are many reasons why, and the book gave good details about why.
1: Yeah, that's where my money is, too.
0: Yeah. It just makes sense. I mean, I have a certain opinion about certain kind of priests, and I feel like a lot of them are, like, the televangelists are a lot of shisty mm-hmm. Shysters.
1: I have a lot and of money-grubbing opinions.
0: Did there's a friend. reverend that got robbed on, like, live. Like, he was preaching live on the internet, and some robbers came in and stole $120 worth of jewelry Ooh. off of him. 120000 sorry. How oh, do you thanks. have so much? And uh, he drives a Rolls Royce, but he's just a preacher. Give me so a fucking break. That's
1: nuts. That's
0: wrong. You're shamming. You're scamming your, your people. I heard a thing. Know. It's like...
1: You could feed a lot of people with a Rolls
0: Royce. Yeah. Mikhail is going to be getting baptized. And my grandfather's like, why don't you go to church more? I'm like, me and God have an understanding. I don't need to go to his house to talk to him. He can come here. <laughs> so... Well, listeners, you can form your own theories about the father of Ruth's unborn child because, like I say, there's no way to find out. She wasn't going to talk and neither was the father. Reverend John Page was not only Ruth's minister, he was also in charge of education in the area, so he was technically her boss. So not only was he a power figure, he also was, like, her minister, so a confidant. And they, he, she saw him in both lights, as a minister and as her boss. It was said that the Reverend liked the company of smart women, and Ruth would have been a smart woman compared to others in that time frame. She could read and write. She was a teacher. The Reverend attended Harvard, and he had the reputation there for partying. Him and Ruth would have spent a lot of time alone together, and I'm sure he would have admired her, so... I think he just took advantage of her and then kept his mouth shut when the story comes to fruition but it's all speculation but I'm just going to say it's him because he's dead (laughs) there's nobody coming after me by the spring of 1768 Ruth was about six months pregnant and most likely would have been noticeable this is about the time that Ruth arrived in Southampton, New Hampshire and they believe, like, Caroline talked, in, when I listened to her talk, about the women of the house she went to stay in probably would have known she was pregnant. Like, they would have had an idea. Because a big belly, it would have been close with her. So I think she probably told people, if she was getting ready for it, like, yeah. she putting out her clothes and stuff, she would have not been shy about telling people.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see it. I mean, back then, yeah. the clothes are definitely more form-fitting in a corseted style.
0: And they, I guess they could loosen it to accommodate. I mean, in the back of the book, it shows a picture of a, what a pregnant, uh, yeah, <laughs> what it would look like pregnant. Yeah. Um, Ruth stayed with the Courier family. If you recall, June 10th was Ruth's birthday. And on June 10th, 1768, Ruth was all alone and gave birth to a stillborn baby girl. And it never talks about if she named the baby or not. Do you know? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it said I don't anything. think I've
1: ever heard or read anywhere that she did.
0: Yeah. This was early, and as we will see later in Ruth's testimony, because, obviously, spoiler alert, Ruth gets in trouble, hence the name of the book, The Hanging of Ruth Blay. In her testimony, Ruth says she, that she had a few falls, and that brought on premature birth, and the child was stillborn. So, before we get into what else happened on this day, I want to address the whole situation. Number one, that she had to be all alone and give birth in general. Number two, I'm sure if she had multiple falls by that time, she, when she gave birth, she would have known the baby wasn't there anymore because she would have felt it stop moving. Because it's six months to, what, seven, eight months? Yeah. Y- y- you know. And as <clears throat> somebody that's pregnant... You're gonna know whether there's something wrong or not. Usually, the connection is there. And I mean, Uh, and she was
1: she was an older girl too, so I mean, she's probably yeah seen many people have babies and
0: be pregnant. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All of this would accumulate to being a hard day for this woman emotionally and painful so Ruth decided after her hardest day of her life to hide the dead baby under the floorboards of the claw barn which was located on the edge of the courier property there are reasons she would have done this and Caroline Marvin from the book summarizes that she hid the baby so she could heal from the difficult birth and come to terms with losing the baby and bury the baby on a later date when she was feeling better giving birth sucks now
1: Yes, it does.
0: It's not pleasant. Being pregnant's not pleasant. I mean, no, I would not. give them birth, but I've been in the room for mom's two of my mom's kids.
1: I mean, even modern medicine, it's not.
0: It's yeah. not easy. No.
1: With a team of like, doctors, it's not easy. I mean, there's many women, even still today, that die. Have, yeah, die or mm-hmm. suffer a lot of. Complications and problems that it's just a risky C section wasn't
0: a thing back then. So it's something going wrong and you can't naturally get birth. It's not like they could pull it out like they can now. I think they had C sections back then. It just probably wasn't yeah. as
1: sterile as it is now or. Oh, I
0: couldn't even imagine. They well known. My sister had one and she told me, because she stayed awake, that you have to put up a shield to, because you, if you see what's going on, you'll go into shock. Mm hmm. And she says they just move everything Yep they move everything <laughs> I'm like just get that out my mom way. had a c-section with me With the other girls she didn't Because back then You could do a So you could switch them
1: Yeah which is that even that they, you, It's still kind of risky
0: Yeah like She was only 19 when she had me And she, like the doctors weren't helpful In explaining like how to push Because she had no idea
1: We've I mean, come a I long way even since then. I mean, that
0: was... My mom was asleep, but then, like, th- I think they keep them awake now. Yeah. I If I had a C-section, no, I'm good. Knock me out. Sleep time. <laughs> I don't want to be part of that. <laughs> so on June 14th, 1768, five-year-old Betsy Pettingill was playing in the barn with the courier children when they came across a floorboard that was loose. Being kids, they wanted to inspect what the heck was under there. That's when they came across Ruth's baby. When little Betsy grew up, she married a man named Joel Eastman. The discovery Betsy made when she was five traveled with her through her whole life. She even named one of her children Ruth. Ah, uh, not sure if that's to do with Ruth or just she liked the name. I don't know. In the Eastman genealogy, it actually has been passed down. And here's a quote directly from their, like, family. I don't know. What's the hell's a genealogy? Just, like, little notes in a family tree?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, quote, When quite young, she rode from her home in Rockingham County to Salisbury on a pillin with her uncle. She was one of a number of young girls who discovered the lifeless body of an infant under a loose floor in a building in Southampton, connected with the schoolroom where Ruth Blay Blay was teaching. She was then five years of age. Miss Blay was arrested, tried, and convicted for concealing the death of an infant child. The fact that the discovery was made by Betsy and her schoolmates in consequences of Miss Blay was exposed, tried, and executed, cast a gloom over Miss Eastman's whole subsequent life. In her later years, she often referred to her knowledge of and connection with that melancholy affair, dwelling upon it with much sadness and exhibiting great feeling and a spirit of compassion for the unfortunate victim she always had a lurking suspicion that miss Blay was wrongfully executed and though at the time of her age was under the bounds of responsibility she felt shocked at having contributed to the death of one who might have been more sinned against sinning unquote the frickin' uh it just felt like a whole long run-on sentence yeah <laughs> But basically, boils down to that. For her whole life, Bessie felt regret and guilt for finding the baby because she thinks if she didn't find the baby, Ruth wouldn't have died. But I guess, according to a lot of people that were there, don't think Ruth was guilty at all and don't deserve what happened. And I'm I'm gonna agree with that. I don't think she should have died. I don't think so either. Uh, after the kids found the baby, the police came in. They brought with them midnight, midnight. Oh my God, midwife <laughs> named Abian and Cooper to check Ruth's for signs of giving birth. From June 14th until the 18th, Ruth was under guard at the home of Constable Brown. While she was there, she became ill. They don't really say what's wrong with her, but uh, you can assume that it's probably due to complications of birth. Yep. The doctor was named Josiah Bartlett. And eight years after that, he signed the Declaration of Independence. So, that's just a reminder that this story happened all before that was... uh, The Declaration of Independence was even signed. I would love to say, look how far we come, but as you can see at the end of the story, that's not going to be the case. So, on June 19th, Roose was handed over to Portsmouth, New Hampshire and brought over to prison lane and this is where she'll stay the jail is where the music hall is standing now and if you've been to portsmouth new hampshire you'll see that where the music hall is that's where the jail was where was it chestnut street yes yeah because i work right next door i I think that goes even
1: over to where the um
0: african burial thank you yeah (laughs) african burial monument yes words words are hard um it was two stories high and it was built of oak timber hewn square covered with iron bars well spiked and lined with plank and this would be ruth's home for five and a half months jesus christ on august 2nd ruth was brought to the courthouse and arraigned the courthouse back then was right in front of the north church so before we go too far um there, in the book i think it was the book they were talking about how the jail was it's just like unsanitary like yeah how it, she could live in, in for- the summer
1: it was hot and in the winter it's cold. there's
0: no heat <laughs> or
1: <Bless> sorry you.
0: <laughs> i felt it <laughs> yeah i would have to be miserable because she what she gets arrested in june so all mm-hmm. of june august for five months, until december yeah and i mean she's still healing it's not having a kid it's not like easy three days later you're good to go like it's a process Uh, the church the jail in there's one in york there's still a jail that's there now it's part of like the old historical buildings you can see what a jail would look like back then it's right as you go downtown all right we should go check that out Right, so the courthouse is where Ruth would plead not guilty to the charges brought against her. Her trial was set for September 21st. Back then, a jury trial didn't mean a jury of her peers, it meant a jury of old white men. (laughs) And these people would decide Ruth's fate. There were witnesses brought in to testify, and we will talk about them when we get to Ruth's letter. The trial lasted from 10 in the morning until 6 at night. it seems like a very short time for a trial basically work day. can you imagine your whole trial for a felony murder where you will be if you're convicted you'll die is just a 10 to 10 to six just a nine to five yeah, basically eight hours
1: a lot on the line for an eight hour deliberation
0: yeah not that's just the trial in general the del- yeah. del- deliberation was overnight and we both know that they weren't sober when they were making that decision. Yeah. Ruth's life was on the line. She was the one that had to endure giving birth to a stillborn and now she had to look at these people and say, yes, you know, this isn't what she wanted. During the trial, it was said that the coroner believed that the baby had died due to violence because of bruising, but she wasn't charged for that.
1: Yeah, and she did what? say that she fell beforehand
0: yeah and why they would have to bring him in if that weren't even like if she wasn't even charged for that I don't even know why it was mentioned at all so who knows the next day the jury came back after quote being out all night so drinking um, they found Ruth guilty of the felony charge of a private burial and concealment of a bastard child because yes folks that is right that was a felony, concealment of a not not a child, a child out of wedlock, a child with no father. I mean, I can understand hiding the death of the baby and concealing it could be a crime, but not punishable by death. Yeah. And what about the father that decided not to show up? <laughs> So, Ruth was found guilty of private burial and concealment of her bastard child at Southampton. And her sentence was passed by... Passed, quote, by the consideration of the justices of our said Supreme Court of Judicature, the said Ruth Blay for the burial and concealment aforesaid is condemned to suffer the pains of death in hanging by her neck till her body be dead, unquote. Once the sentence was read, Ruth asked if she had any objection, and she said nothing. Or no.
1: She's probably in shock.
0: Yeah, I think she just gave up. She lost her baby, now she lost her life. And she was due to be hanged on November 24th. After petitioning the governor, Ruth was able to get a reprieve the day before her execution. The reprieves were set so that Ruth could prepare for her death. Basically saying that she has to Com- talk to God and prepare to go to heaven I guess so basically yeah, admit, admit what you did yeah, admit what you did it was wrong so you can die and be I don't know that's just weird Same. for religion to me you can do whatever you want as long as before you die you apologize <laughs> <sighs> so weird Ruth was able to get two more reprieves, with her final one handing her final execution day on December 30th. On the final night of her life, Ruth wrote a final statement. Ruth was well-educated and well-aware of the injustice in her sentence, and I'm going to read her statement, even though it's long as F, (laughs) to the public. As it is now, but a few hours before I must exchange this mortal state for one that is eternal, it will be no advantage to me to say only thing that is amusing, trifling, and impertinent to the numerous specters, some of whom no doubt will come out of curiosity to see the behavior of a poor condemned person, others out of pity and compassion, but whatever may be their view, I now appear spectacle to angels and men. But what are all things of temporal nature to me? Nothing but God and Christ and my own conscience are of any avail with me. As to my fellow creatures, we are all upon a level as to the mercy of God. They must soon follow, though perhaps not in the same ignominious, oh well, my God, way. But the death I am to undergo is not so painful that my Savior is, has undergone before, on whose merits alone I rely for pardon and acceptance not but a consciousness of my own innocence in his presence has upheld my drooping spirits for about five months while I have been bound in chains. It is now needless for me to give a short history of my life which I had some thought of and perhaps I had done it though it may seem vain to me. I would have appeared in circumspect as some of my accusers who have borne false witness and that she wrote in capitalization. So she... That was who she was talking about when people came as witnesses and talked shit, basically, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Lied. Before I enter any upon any particulars relating to my trial and condemnation, I would return my most sincere thanks to His Excellency the Governor for the reprieves. He has already given me from time to time and also to reverend ministers who have so often visited me in my confinement so that's a question did the guy that may be the father come visit her Mm. Uh, and I am also far from casting any reflection on the honorable judges as I apprehend the infant infatuation must lie in some of the witnesses and some of the jury so again she's going to blame the witnesses so somebody must have said something really bad and now for the truth of what I'm going to say I appeal to The God before whom I must shortly appear and call heaven and earth to witness that though I was with child, I never had a single thought of murdering the infant, which makes me even shudder to think that it is possible any mother should be guilty of such cruelty, and therefore made preparation for its birth, and now produce the clothes and woman in whose keeping they are, but alas, it is too late, and on that unhappy day when I was delivered, I knew it had not been eight months from the time I was with child, therefore had not thought of being delivered at the time, but an unhappy fall, which I then received, brought on the birth instantly, having also another unhappy fall about ten days before, which had given me some great uneasiness, so she must have felt like something was wrong after she the do. first fall, at which time I apprehend my child died, so that child was dead born. And to conceal the shame, I hid it in the best manner I could, and even after was loath to relieve it, as I imagined no good would come thereby, but should have disclosed the whole to my lawyers, but was advised by friends not to do it. So people told her not to talk about that she was prepared for the birth. I must declare to the last of, of that the witness have misinterpreted facts, and some of them appeared with countenances that plainly skewed show sorry they were unaffected with the solemnity of the trial and fear they as little regarded the solemnity of an oath the time being now so short after returning thanks to all my friends for the kindness shown me I must bid them farewell and hope no one will cast any reflections on my aged mother sisters and any other relations on my account as my conscience is clear with respect and to my poor infant, and though I die with a forgiving spirit as to all my enemies, but charge the two women in particular to examine their own hearts, as they will answer to an- it another day, whether they do not come under the character of false witnesses, and whether prejudice, jealousy, or something else had drove them thus to bear false witness against me. So, sounds like some women probably went up. Some people
1: would be gossiping. Talking lied. about stuff they don't know about.
0: Maybe they were, knew about the reverend. Maybe they were jealous.
1: Yeah. What the heck? I mean, even this day, like, people get wrongly convicted because people run in their mouth. They're saying they saw something when they did. not exactly.
0: Witnesses them. are the worst. They're not reliable at all. Or, you know, Puritan Karens back in the day. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. And then having people tell her, "Don't tell them that you were preparing to have the baby." That's just crazy. Yeah, like why? That would have gotten her off. She would have lived.
1: I feel like she didn't have a very good legal representation.
0: No, I feel like she had bad friends.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't. Maybe she. Maybe she didn't have bad friends. Maybe she had uneducated friends, where she herself seems pretty educated. You know, be like, Uh, oh no, just.
0: Be good and pray to God and everything will work out at the end. Which it did not. I, Seeing that letter, I mean, you think they'd reconsider, but this was back in the day. Or maybe uh. even her minister said, you know, put your hands in God and, yeah. and wait. Or but he's just like, wait, but don't say anything. I think the best thing she could have done you. right before she hung, just yelled out his name. <laughs> in her statement, she mentions witnesses who lied or misinterpreted facts. We are not exactly sure what that was about, but something that I do want to mention is that at some point, Ruth was told not to mention that she was prepared for the birth of the child. If she would have mentioned this, then that meant she wanted the child, and death was not on purpose. In fact, Ruth did prepare for the baby on December 30th. Like
1: that the midwife or doctor that said that the baby died, died of by violence. violence.
0: That's why. Yeah. There so wasn't he, that could be yeah. a false witness. It wasn't even he turned out to be an important guy, relevant to the trial because that's not what she was charged with either. Yeah, because women, two women before her were tried, tried for inf- infants aside inficide. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, inficide.
1: Their story was a little weird. Like I can't even quite wrap my hand around what happened. Like one dumped had one the in baby, a baby, well, right? the other one dumped the baby, but then like they tried to confuse with like, no, it was a boy, no, it was a girl, no, it was mine, no, it was yeah. hers, kind of.
0: Eh, yeah, weird. I don't um, So, December 30th, Ruth was brought to the gallows, which was a tree in what we know now know as South Cemetery. It was back then, as I said at the beginning, a military training ground. This is where Ruth died. So, let's look around, look around us. The world today. Women around the world are facing... Our country are facing the same situation. Rapists will face a smaller sentence than a woman getting abortion for rape. So... Hundreds of years later, women are still being prosecuted for making choices.
1: I mean, there's even some states that where if you have a miscarriage, it will be investigated to see if you caused that miscarriage, which is terrible. I mean, it's traumatic enough on its own whether or not you or get blamed for it I mean it's women insane. already blame themselves on something that happened supernaturally
0: Yeah, and the people that are making these laws are men who have never given birth or know how, have any idea how to carry a baby don't even know how it works
1: they
0: probably, probably can't point out certain parts to call an ectopic pregnancy an abortion is just insane it's, do- mm-hmm. it's just insane stillborn baby wasn't a choice Ruth made. No one wants to give birth to a no longer living child. That is painful and heartbreaking. Having to do that all on her own on her birthday is even worse. She had fallen down multiple times, so I'm assuming she was in pain, and she was hurt. She was emotionally drained, and she did what she thought was best at the time. Since Ruth's death, death, there have been a lot of embellishments, about her story one of them that ruth was brought from the jail and she screamed from the jail to the gallows and it could be heard all over town another is that a reprieve came minutes after she was executed because the sheriff wanted to get home for dinner uh another one was that she went to the gallows in a wedding dress do you remember any other ones um there was also that they they were angry.
1: It goes along with the one where he hurried it yeah. to have lunch, but then it, it, I heard like that they went to his house afterwards and lynched him. Really, the, sh- the sheriff, the sh- sheriff, the yeah. sheriff. <laughs> um, um, maybe just- a pardon did come afterwards. I am not sure, but I I remember reading somewhere that the time yeah. where they could see that that happened. Like, original execution was noon to two, but then after the second reprieve or something, it switched to ten to two, so he really didn't rush it. Yeah. He was still within his legal limits, but not so, everybody got the second paper, I guess.
0: Right. No matter how people tell the story, at least the story of Ruth is being told. Ruth was the last woman to be hanged in Portsmouth, and today, if you go to South Cemetery, you can see still see the tree where she took her last breath and if you walk down to the pond you may across come across her ba- burial ugh, although it isn't marked because they didn't mark her burial as we talked about in the beginning Ruth never wanted to be a martyr she also never wanted to lose her child Ruth Blay will always be remembered at Portsmouth and if you walk the streets of Portsmouth, Portsmouth today you can follow her last steps and see her mural on the wall of Court Street on Court Street sorry so that's it what do you think anything to add not that I can I can't either it's a good story
1: <laughs> definitely definitely get the book yeah. it's a good book it's a
0: good read it is um, it's a quick read too it wasn't like long a lot of those historical books can be drowning you know what I yes, mean no, is
1: a it wasn't good good read. at all. I mean knowing your past helps you we need to be future. A, yeah,
0: a little more educated right. around here
1: I mean, Ruth herself was educated, and that's
0: probably... Why she died?
1: No, I mean, not necessarily why... That's not, not why she died. I mean, yeah. she was able to put out that that letter. lovely, like, last words. Which I, I think helped. And politely, politely gave a big F you to all those people. I agree. <laughs> um, but, I mean, half those men probably didn't even know it, it went right over their head.
0: Yeah. Nobody...
1: Um, if she definitely had a
0: higher, like iq than most of those people yeah so
1: and educated women are dangerous man yes
0: dangerous in a good way yeah, well dangerous to men <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thank you for but, joining um, us this week on our trip to the past don't forget to follow yeah. us on all our socials facebook I'm and subscribe. tiktok our macabre the macabre family podcast instagram is macabre family You can also email us at macabrefamilypod at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us, like, and subscribe on all listening platforms. Thank you all again for listening and we should see you next week. Bye! Bye Bye-bye.